Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hi and welcome to Food Bites with the birthday girl, Sarah Patterson and oh, Kevin Hillier. 21 again today. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> All those candles Happy to birthday. blow out. Oh, thank you so much, it's Kevin. Festivus week. There's celebrations all around the country. I so like some to people, extend my birthday to be as long as humanly possible. Some people thought that thing that happened on Tuesday of this <laughs> week was the, the Melbourne Cup. It wasn't. It was just pre-Festivus. The triumph was yes, right here, let it, me tell you. Pre-Festivus. It was the pre-birthday celebration. Speaking that, of triumph, what a great guest we've got this week. Yeah, and one that's been in the uh, – Tony Armstrong is our guest this week. Now, he's been across all mm. the media in the last uh, 24, 48 hours uh, with a, an absolutely vile piece of, uh, of social media. Yes. And we've talked a lot about on, on different programs that we do about, you know, how vile social media can be. It can also be fantastic. Uh, but he's been the, uh, the victim in this case of just horrible, yeah. horrible things. This interview that we've done was recorded before that. We didn't talk about the controversial stuff that he was involved with before this latest mm. one. So that's not reflected in this interview. But let me tell you what is reflected <laughs> is what a hell of a nice bloke he is. Yeah, absolutely. We get quite in-depth with Tony. He's yeah, more than happy to be candid about everything from, uh, you know, his experience of failure, his AFL career, yep. uh, how it came to an end, how he felt about that. Everything, when you want to talk from a food point of view and beverage, yeah. uh, boarding school fare to uh, instant coffee at the uh, the ABC. And I have to say, couldn't have been a more punctual, professional yeah. and easy to get along with guests that we've ever had on this program. Oh, could not have been nicer, could not have been more accommodating or friendlier. So thanks so much, Tony. We're stoked to have you on board this this week. Rhubarb is the <laughs> Speak for yourself. Topic, is, is the topic of our food poll. Well, uh, a very interesting uh, sort of a I, lay, lay of the land on this one, I can I tell you. I believe uh, Twitter had ignited quite oh, the, uh, the conversation. It went off on Twitter. <laughs> uh, talk about when social media can be very entertaining. Yeah. It was exceptionally entertaining in, in that area. But let's get to our guest for this week. It is from the ABC uh, News Breakfast Program, Tony Armstrong. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Tony, I would say, first off the bat, you're kind of Tony McEverywhere at the, at the minute. Um, you're everyone's mate. Everybody wants to talk to you. How is all of that side of it sitting with you? Oh, pretty weird. Um, <laughs> would have been nice to have this in primary school, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, it's um, it's nice. It's um, uh, not something I think about too much. But if I do stop and reflect, it's um, yeah, it's like it makes me feel nice. It's nice. <laughs> You've been asked a lot of things lately about your past and your future and football and all such things, but we can't see that you've been asked a lot about food to date. What's your relationship mm. with uh, with food like? Um, well, I eat it every day. I love it. If you were to go onto my social medias, onto my social media and look at the explore pages, the algorithm is just it, all it does is it feeds me sport and food basically. Um, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I've just ever since being, I guess, you know, out of home because I've been out of home for quite a while. It's been something that I've really tried to get, get good at um, because I find it both really cathartic and also a great way to, you know, entertain, have some people over, cook for them, um, cook, 
cook with them, do all that kind of stuff. It's great. Those are challenging times when you're first out of home and you're uh, you're making life mm. on your own. Tell us about the transition. So when you started out, what kind <laughs> of stuff were you cooking as opposed to how much have you advanced to the, the present day? <laughs> well, um, you know, two-minute noodle packs, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of burning toast. Um, microwave garlic bread, all that kind of stuff was probably Ooh, top, where I started. <laughs> top top level, top uh, master chef level there. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting really, isn't it, when I look back on it. But, um, yeah, so like that kind of stuff when I started and now it's like, I don't know, making a panang curry or like a or like a ragu or something like that from scratch, um, spending sort of three or four hours, you know, doing that kind of thing. Um is a fair way removed from, you know, magoring noodles. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think I've definitely come a long way, um, and I've definitely got um, still got a long way to go. That's for sure. I'm never satisfied, unfortunately. Is the kitchen a happy place for you, Tony? It, it really is. There's something to be said, I think, about the meditative, um, meditative, meditative. Whichever one of those ones works. <laughs> um, uh, I think. Um, value to like doing something like prepping your veggies or you know um you know minting minting that like, like just i find it yeah a real uh, like, like 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 a really nice place to sort of relax and switch off chuck some tunes on um and just yeah focus like, like just have single-minded focus on something um which as i think we all know isn't all that easy the way the world is these days mm. Yeah, cooking is uh, is therapy. Hundred percent, and you know, um, cooking for someone, you know, it could be your mate, could be um, a special someone in your life, like all that kind of stuff. I think it's one of the nicest things when you when you see them have that first bite um, of something and and they like it. Um, that's always that always makes you feel good. I reckon. Breakfast is supposedly the most important meal of the day. You spend uh, breakfast time in front of a, you know, a TV camera. Well, what do you do for breakfast? Oh God, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I um, I so I don't have time purely of my own. Um, this is this is a bit of my own making. I don't I don't have time when I wake up in the morning to have brekkie um, because uh, I value sleep more than eating <laughs> at the time I get up. Um, and then by the time um, by the time I finish, I've kind of smashed too many coffees, so I've suppressed my appetite. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I don't tend to eat until the early afternoon. So I I don't tend to have much breakfast midweek, if any. My breakfast, I, I suppose, is a liquid breakfast of of caffeine and anxiety. You know that 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 the caffeine brings on, but um. Yeah, it's um on a weekend, you know, I love making omelettes or, you know, going going down to the local cafe. I'll probably have breakfast out more than I have it in. Yeah. But so doing breakfast television obviously is not for the faint hearted. I mean you, you get up at, at a at ridiculous hours. What time do you smash down the first coffee? Um, so I'm in there at I reckon I I, I walk in the door between four let's say I'm I'm in there between four twenty and four thirty five. Um and the second I walk in, I like I, I can't even bring myself to speak to anyone. Um, I am just immediately to the instant coffee and have one of them. So it's not the most glamorous start to my day, but um, that's 
that, that's where my day starts. So if, if I'm in there at 4.20, 4.21 is the first coffee. <laughs> hey, but that's good to know, though. You wouldn't believe the amount of people we have on this show who consider themselves coffee snobs, and they will not. Uh, they would rather have nothing than have the instant variety, but you're quite happy to have uh, the instant. Okay, happy to stretch. Um, <laughs> um, I am... I am... Um, I'm making the best. I'm making the best of what I of what I've got um, in there, but I mean it does the trick. But you'll <laughs> take what you can get. It you'll take what you can get at that time. I think. Yeah, at four twenty in the morning, your taste buds aren't exactly very discerning. They're usually still asleep. No, <laughs> no, um, they are just they are just straight up crying. Yeah. They don't <laughs> give us something to wake us up. Now, have you got a sweet tooth? Not. Particularly, um, and I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that came from my days of playing sport, where because I like my my body composition, I naturally put um, not necessarily weight, but like I would carry, I would, I, I would carry the the sugar. So I tended to steer clear of, um, I guess, sweets. And I know that's a boring answer because. Um, when I was a kid, like I loved, I guess, I guess I did love sweets um, and and those kind of things. But as I've gotten older, it's just been something that's been so drilled into me to not eat. I just don't don't have it anymore. Oh wow! You um spent time at boarding school, I believe. What was the uh, the tucker like there? Look, all I'll <laughs> say is it's not easy to provide um, 150 meals three times a day. <laughs> So, so my my hat goes off to um, everyone who works uh, in the refectory trying to churn out meals. Um, because yeah, I mean sometimes I feel the stress when there's six people coming over, let alone <laughs> let alone 150 baying kids, you know, who are who are starving, who have just been at work, I mean at uh, school all day, and you know they could eat they could eat a house. Um, but uh, yeah, look. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be up for any chef hat. <laughs> you just touched on there before um, about uh, the, the footy career, and you've spoken quite candidly uh, about your footy days just recently, saying that you were mm. absolutely um, gutted. Um, uh, took yeah, years for you to get over losing your footy career so soon. But it also s- sounds, on the flip side, that um, there there was much learning to be had um, as a result of that. Yeah. Well, I think you know um, it's probably something. Where the older the older I've gotten, the more I've realised that everyone's going to have that big failure at some point, um, and perhaps even more than one. Um, and I'm I'm like really grateful, I suppose, that mine happened when it when it happened because you know I could kind of fall in a heap and, and pick myself back up and still be um, in my late twenties. Uh, I I can imagine for some people that 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 failure might come when they're in their mid thirties or or perhaps even later and then it it can be even harder to deal with because of you know how deeply entrenched your identity is to that. Um so yeah, I mean I learned a lot from that. Um and yeah, I mean ideally I would have learnt that lesson without having to go through it. That would be ideal. But uh-huh. uh, but I don't think that's how that lesson is learned, unfortunately. 
Tony, though, you, you say fail. I mean, I'm, I'm one person who would have killed to have played one game of <laughs> AFL football. You, you, you got you were three clubs, you're in the system for seven or eight years. You played, mm. you played with the Adam Goods of the world. I mean, you've done something that, and, and certainly I, I would never, I, 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 I watched you on, uh, on telly talking to, in, on the Take Five show, and you called it a failure. And I just thought, it's not a failure. It's actually a, a massive success to have been in that system for one game, let alone, uh, you know, eight or nine years that you finished up being in it. Yeah, no, I know it's just it's and I, and I think a lot of that um like like I guess falls into the mindset of say of an athlete. You 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 you'd be you'd be very hard pressed, I reckon, to find anyone who's been any good in the athletic space being being happy with what they've got. Um, even even someone who comes out of the game, I reckon, playing three hundred games. This is AFL. I'm I'm speaking about three hundred games. Um, that say they miss out on a flag, they'd yep. be like, ah, you know, but it's a far out, man. <laughs> and then even, and then someone like me would go to them. Oh my god, I would, uh, I'd kill for that. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like, um, it's kind, of, kind of all a matter of, of, of perspective. And it's, and it's one of those things that I, I think, sports, sports people tend to not be very good at is yeah. like stopping and smelling the roses. And even all these years later, I'm. I like I'm not bitter at, at all. It's more I'm just like oh, you know, that that's annoying. Mm. <laughs> what about the the transition from uh, from footballer to the media, Tony, and and on camera presenting? Did you did you picture that being in your future? And and how has the transition been? You know what? I had no idea what was on my bingo card. There are some <laughs> there are some people who are like 15 years old and they like circle something and they chase that. Um, I, I suppose I did that, but I was so bullheaded. Um, I thought, you know, the arrogance, of, you know, the arrogance of youth, it'll never finish. That'll be it. Um, it'll all work out. So yeah, like if you were to look at my bingo card, it would have had AFL footballer and then nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm as, I'm as surprised as anyone who chucks the TV on and sees me there and goes, what the hell is this guy doing on the telly? Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't something that I ever set out to do, but now that I'm in it, I love it and I want to get better at it. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And a Logie winner now, no less. Oh God. Hey, well, (laughs) the thing about that is though, the thing about that is just to try to chop myself down a bit. That was popular vote. So it's not actually for being good at anything. It's just like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it was just so like. Obviously, it's super chuffed and clearly that means you're like connecting through with people and connecting with people, but it's also like a bit of a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like speaking of bingo cards, that wasn't even on like, okay, cool, you're doing TV now. Logie's not on that. But that's, you know, Logie's not on that um, bingo card either. Yeah. But it's funny though, the whole popularity thing, because it means in your case, you can't even have a haircut or a bit of a shave without it uh, going down, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I'm actually, I'm actually booked. I'm, I oh, know it's so weird. I'm actually booked in for one later on this week, and I'm just like, okay, Tony, not like, because I'm too I don't much know. off the top. <laughs> well, well, this is, well, this is the thing. I'm like, I've always done, you know, like um, the, the kind of, oh, what's he going through haircut? Because I just like changing my hair. Right, yep. um, but then like I'll get a haircut later on this. He's like, I don't know, 
what's happening to Tony Armstrong? What's you, you know, what's he going through? So like it's actually impacted my thinking, which is again crazy to think to me. Hey, it, it, the, the 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 footy and the uh, and the television now and the success of both of those has put you in a position where you're a bit of a role model um, now. You, does that sit comfortably with you these days? Um, to be honest, it's like it's probably the only the only thing that I that I take seriously. I I guess is well, I probably when I was playing sport, you know, you told you that, but I never I never. It never clicked um, that that could be the case. Now, now it's something where I'm I'm conscious of it of it carrying weight and having an impact. Um, and yeah, I I know you know I could it's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough little it's been a tough little while um, for Indigenous people in Australia the last little bit. Um, not that it's ever been fine and dandy, I guess, but yeah. um, it's. Yeah, I like. I know. I know that there's cut through um, in community. I know how important it is to be to 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 front up and be there for people um, and, and 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 give people that representation that they might not have felt that they've had. So, um, yeah, it comfortably probably not the right word, but it's a it's a responsibility that I that I'm um, that I'm willing to step up to. Yeah. Um, you've been announced as an ambassador for the uh, Football Australia, one of the Legacy Twenty Three uh, ambassadors. So, what what have you got to do in that space? Well, I guess I guess the first thing is like how much of an honour um, the like <laughs> the, the 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 Matildas have been so amazing, um, and I guess even even to be considered to be to be part of um, to be part of this alongside some of the people that are that are also there. I think I think for me it's just making sure that people understand how much of an impact that that this will have, especially for women's sport, so much longer after the World Cup is come and gone. Um, there's such an opportunity to provide really good infrastructure and and like you know it's in the name in the legacy piece of of women's sport where, where we can we can get funding for really good programs in Indigenous communities. We can encourage Indigenous communities, I, I guess, especially in my space, um, to to get involved in in the round ball game as well. And um, doing all of that through the prism of sport, we know how powerful a lever sport can be. Um, oh, I mean, and it's once in a lifetime, you know. We haven't, we ha- we, we haven't had a football World Cup down here before, and I don't think the country's ready for, mm-hmm. for it um, yeah. at large. Um, we saw how big the Euros were, and that was just the Euros um, only only months ago over over um, in the Northern Hemisphere. It's going it's it's going to be amazing, and just to be a part of it to help you know um, young Aussies in, embrace football, and then feel inspired to get involved in it as well. Like it's 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 it's, it's probably one of the last. One of the last games that it takes all shapes and sizes, really, um, and uh, yeah, to to be a part of it is something that I'm I'm really proud of. Well, you're rubbing shoulders with some very big names in the, uh, in the who are part of the uh, the, the ambassador troop. Um, if you were if you were having a dinner party at your house, Tony, you can invite anybody, and we mean anybody. <laughs> 
Um, you're doing the you're doing not necessarily doing the cooking, but you're doing the hosting. Who would you have? Okay, well, I'd have two of the Matildas. I'd have I'd have Sam Kerr and I have Mary Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because I just want to keep their synergy growing. Um, in so, because this is happening before the World Cup, I'm assuming. So I'm just I'm having them over and and I'm just keeping their synergy going and keeping um, you know Sam's men clear mentorship of um, Mary going, um, then I guess my three others, I would have, um, I would have, oh, I was thinking about this before, before, before the call. And even now, as I'm about to say it, I'm like, oh God, I'm, 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 I'm still not convinced, but for this answer in this moment, <laughs> um, um, I would have Peter Capaldi, um, the, the, um, I think he's I think he's uh, English or Welsh actor, right. um, but I would have him as Malcolm Tucker from his role in The Thick of It because I think he, he would just be hilarious <laughs> um, at dinner. I would have Will Arnett, um, who is an American, um, who is sorry, a Canadian actor and writer and um, stuff like that. And then I think I would have Amy Poehler as well. Um, she's also an American comedic actor um i think we'd have like all the laughs down one end of the table and then we'd have the very very nutritious healthy (laughs) footballing and up the other but yeah that'd that'd be mine i know i know i didn't go with the big ones like michael jordan and all that kind of stuff but i feel like i know those people yeah Um, who needs them anyway really when you've got a nice mix of sport and uh, entertainment there at your table Exactly, exactly. Speaking my language. <laughs> I usually, to finish off the uh, the podcast, Tony, we ask our guests, and you'll be a good one to ask because you know your way around the kitchen. Uh, what is a, uh, a cooking tip that you have or a kitchen tip that you might like to share? One that I have found so helpful is clean as you go. Because when I, if I don't, my kitchen ends up as a bomb site <laughs> and no one and no one and no one wants to like if if someone's had a couple of glasses of wine like for instance if i've had a couple of glasses of wine and i've got a belly full of whatever it is <laughs> the last thing i feel like doing is going and doing the dishes no, you and want to go to sleep <laughs> you want to just go to sleep don't you so clean as much as you can as you go i think because yeah then you get to the end and all you'll have is like the dishes left and hopefully you're lucky enough to have a dishwasher and they just go straight in there um and um yeah that would that would be my biggest tip and was the other part was there another part to it sorry no i think that was it a kitchen yeah. or cooking tip combined i think that pretty much covers it yeah oh nice yeah well that that would be mine because um yeah i hate cleaning so uh if i clean as i go it doesn't feel like it as much no, it sounds uh, it sounds like a good one. Hey, keep up the great work with uh, with the ABC uh, News Breakfast. You're doing a great job there, and I know you've got many many exciting things coming in the future. We we really do appreciate your time. We know how busy you are, uh, and uh, thank you very much for being on our program. Thank you. No, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, have a great afternoon. Is it afternoon? No, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Have a- have a great last eight minutes before the, before the afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. See you, guys. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. There he is, Tony yes. Armstrong. He's a terrific uh, young man, and I wish him all. The, we wish him all the very best of success for the future, and I'm mm. sure that goes... They don't come much more down to earth than oh, Tony, do absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right, let's get to our... <laughs> rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. And the same to you. <laughs> Do you like it or not? I only like it if it's in a particular form. Well, let's let's see what everyone else thought. Then we we'll can have. We'll start our... with Anne, who okay. says, "Yes, I like it. We had it often when I was young. Mum used to grow it. Lovely dessert with cream or ice cream." Rebecca Kane says, "Not my cup oh. of tea." Lena says, "Yay." Sue says, "Yay." Terry Daniel, "Yes, I'll say yay, especially with apple and custard." Joylene says, "A nay from me." Muriel Cooper. Rhubarb crumble, yay. Tracy Mitchell, yay. Lee says, my late grandfather grew rhubarb and served it cooked on cereal with warm milk. That was good, was it? Rhubarb and apple pie is better though. Michelle says, yes, please. Artie says, for the benefit of the poll, I personally detest rhubarb. Noted. <laughs> Duly noted. Memories are being sent to the local churchyard in our home village, uh, north of England, to pick up rhubarb stalks, or pick a few, for mum's apple and rhubarb pie. Personally, I don't think it added to the flavour of the apple pie. Uh, and it may have just been a filler. After all, some parts of the UK still had shortages in the late 50s and early 60s. On an alternate note, Jackie, his wife, had a gin sour with strawberry and rhubarb last night and declared it was Beautiful. As she swung from the yeah, chandeliers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she said, you're old, dear. I love that rhubarb. <laughs> More fizz. <laughs> exactly. Kathy says, apple and rhubarb crumble, yay. Yeah. Kerry says, yay with custard. Anthony says, definitely no. Sam Newman. <laughs> Strangely enough, I'm not averse to rhubarb. It's high in fibre and vitamin K, and not to be confused with special K. If you can get your hands on some special K, give rhubarb the arse, he says. Uh, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Uh, he tells it like it is. Uh, Jan says, rhubarb is about the only vegetable you can always rely on to grow in the garden. It's uh, an indestructible, healthy plant. Mind you, was only ever stewed in our household. Yeah. Stewed? Stewed never sounds, stewed never sounds appetising to me. Stewed. It's not stewed an appetising word. Stewed makes yeah, yeah, it does. It's like almost like spewed. <laughs> well, anyway. yeah, now you say it. Okay. Just me says, looks yum. My fave is rhubarb and apple crumble with cream and custard. Yes. Oh, uh, now, uh, oh. Macaron Benson says, beautiful. Just stewed some rhubarb to have with the rice pudding that I'm cooking in the rice cooker at the moment. Oh, now the fabulous Jane Barnes oh. says, absolutely, yes, she loves rhubarb. And she has also provided us with a photo of a rhubarb creation she made. It looks like a herringbone type rhubarb uh, tart. And yes. it is divine, And Jane. that's when social media, that's Just when went Twitter <laughs> went bang. It went bang. Bang. And that went from uh, Jane's uh, fabulous rhubarb uh, uh, tart. Uh, tart there to um, <laughs> all sorts of different things, but everyone just jumped on that yeah. one straight away. Old Croaky says, yes, please, especially if it's stewed, Steer. served cold and accompanied by <laughs> vanilla ice cream. Stewed's a very Kath and Kim uh, word, well, isn't it? It Stewed, is. Stewed, <laughs> prude, uh, <laughs> I said love, I said pet, I said love. Darren Purchase says yay. Kim says, oh, yay, big time, wonderful, roasted with apples and oh. pears, with strawberries and orange oh. zest in pickles oh. as a syrup on ice cream. Oh. Gee whiz. I, I like that. Ali says, definitely yay. Cooked in the oven, then maple syrup poured over the rhubarb. I have heaps of it in the garden. And Dave says, we have a plant from my wife's grandmother. It has to be 60 plus years old. That's a, mate, that's a pretty hearty Well, she's plant. a grandmother. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, no. the plan's 60 yes. years old. No, sorry. Yeah. Now, Wayne has the final say on uh, rhubarb mm. here. He is the uh, – the, He's the oracle. Oh, well, he's something anyway. Here we go. He says <laughs> – Wayne says, ah, Satan's celery makes an appearance <laughs> on the old food bites radar. This vile stalk of culinary despair <laughs> is more sour than my ex and about oh. as useful as an ashtray on a motorbike. Yes. It le- its leaves are poisonous for a start. Yes, that's true. They're full of oxalate, which is used is actually very bad for you. In fact, it's so bad for you, you stop breathing. Yeah. Rhubarb is also a vegetable, and so are you if you think it's edible. <laughs> think about yeah. it. Rhubarb is something you only ever encountered at your grandparents' place. 60 yeah. plus. And they're the legendary generation that lived through the Second World War and the after effects of all that conflict. Yeah. They had to eat a lot of gross stuff to survive. <laughs> Modern people that have access to things that actually taste nice would not give this scarlet stalk of culinary misery <laughs> a second look, and yeah. with good reason. So it's a no from me. There really is no place in the world for poobarb <laughs> for people with functioning taste buds and at least a shred of sanity. Oh, my feelings clear again, Wayno. And, yes, it's a very important point that the other uh, leaves, you cannot eat them. I always forget which leaves are edible and which aren't. Oh, no? well, that's nice for me to know who yeah. eats the stuff that you cook. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I should taste them first to try that on myself. Uh, I, I love it when you when you do it with custard and vanilla ice cream and all that and yeah. you see the, the, the photo of Jane Barnes' yeah. tart is just beautiful But also there. rhubarb with the crumble topping. It has such a beautiful jewel yeah. colour when it's cooked, a bit like blueberries. They take yeah. on almost a neon purple colour. Yep. Well, the rhubarb takes on a beautiful jewelled shade of pink. The photo you put up on the Facebook page, does not no, it doesn't, no justice whatsoever. It doesn't scream yum. No, um, it screams vegetable of some description. We might have to share yeah. Jane Barnes's picture yes. of her beautiful herringbone uh, tart. But I gather from that that uh, that rhubarb was uh, was the winner with with condiments. Yes, I think it needs all the condiments. It's not it's not uh, been uh, championed any other way on its own. But mm. when you put it with other stuff and apple crumbles and all that, would you like me to make well. your rhubarb and oh, apple that, crumble? Yeah, but you'd make with the poison stuff. I think at the moment <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> A bit worried about that now. I've become all skittish. Oh, no. Don't be afraid. <laughs> oh, famous last words. That that was in a Hitchcock film, wasn't it? Or a Stephen King novel. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening to our program. Thanks to Tony Armstrong for Thank being you. on the show and uh, good luck to him for the future. And we'll see you next time on Food Bites with the birthday girl, hip, Sarah, hip. Sarah Patterson. All right. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.